Amen. All right, so um, we're going to talk about the church as the body of Christ. Um, this is one of the implications um, of the beginnings and endings series. That if this is our, if this is the story that God is writing in history, and our beginning uh, is this place, and our endings is this place, then what does that mean for us here in the present moment? And uh, part of what that means uh, is what I what I said on Sunday was that. That means uh, that we are the body of Christ and being the body of Christ connected to Christ himself um, through, and we'll talk, we can talk more about this, but this gets into like Anglican ecclesiology. Like what does it actually mean to be the church? Um, but we're connected to Jesus through the sacraments, through apostolic succession. Um, and that connects us to the presence of Jesus uh, historically, so the historical body of Jesus crucified and, uh, and, and raised. So cr the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, that historical event, we're connected to that through the sacraments uh, and uh, the apostolic succession and the gospel. And uh, we're connected to the presence and the, the body of Christ today, right? Uh, and then that connects us to that future that we have uh, as well. So it's kind of this, uh, you know, our, our connection to the body of Christ as the church connects us both to the past and to the present, um, or sorry, the past and the future um, kind of uh, connects us in that, that hinge point. So really, every time we take the Eucharist, for example, where there is this sort of time travel thing that happens where right here in the present, as we, as we eat the bread and take the wine, we're connected to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus and we're connected to the consummation of the kingdom, kind of all, all at once. We say like, hey, we're, we're celebrating the feast, the wedding supper of the lamb, and uh, we're remembering Christ crucified. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, and part of what that means then uh, for us uh, in the present moment is that we're the body of Christ um, today, which has implications for kind of how we live out our faith and who we are to and for one another. So anyway, that's a bit of what we talked about on Sunday. Um, and I've got more that I could say about that, uh, obviously, um, and I'm happy to go there if uh, we need to and if it would provoke more questions in Kairos's. But before we do, um, I wondered if, uh, if you guys brought anything to the call that feels like a, a question that you had about something you heard in the sermon or a Kairos that came up for you or just like something that you thought was interesting uh, that you'd like to hear more about or that you just want to say, man, I love this, or I thought that was great, or I wonder about this, or I'm confused about that. So I'll, uh, I'll open it up to y'all. I, I have a Kairos bin. Okay. Father Sturkey. What's that? You, I said, are you ready? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you said other Sturkey. And I was like, there's no other Sturkey at all. Father, father. Oh, Father. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Yes, Father, Father Matt. What's your question? Humility. Mm -hmm. Unity. Yeah. Diversity. Uh-huh. Mutuality. Yeah. My Kairos is, that is stinking hard. Mm. To do all that? To do those things? To do any of, well, any of those things, first of all. <laughs> to do any one of those things is hard. Mm. But to do them all together, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's easy to have a church full of white people wearing MAGA hats 
talking about how everybody uh, is awful. Or it's, easy to have a yeah. it's easy to have a church, uh, you know, with a bunch of Bernie stickers mm. and, and patting ourselves on our back for how enlightened we are. Yeah. Right? But it's really difficult to have a group of people who have real differences and distinctions mm -hmm. and experience mutuality, humility, unity in that diversity. Yeah. That's my kind of Yes. Yes. Yeah, it really is hard. I think it cut, I think it cuts against it. It cuts it, what it reveals to me. And I'd love to hear if there's other reflections that you guys have on this. Um, but what, are, what I think it reveals is how ingrained the normal ways of dividing up ourselves as humans are in us. Like we are so accustomed to like, this is how we make meaning of our lives is we, we divide humanity up into the people who get it and the people who don't, the people who are right, people who are wrong, you know, the people who are on the top, people on the bottom. Like we're so accustomed to finding meaning for our lives in, in that realm that it, it's really, really disorienting to hear the gospel say, you know what, all of those divisions are relativized. Like this is how God is making one new humanity. Actually, what some, some theologians uh, called it like one new race. It's almost like God created a new race. And like it's a race that encompasses all peoples inside of it. But yeah, it's super hard. Anybody, anybody else have reflections on that? Do you agree it's hard? Or do you find it easy? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. You're wrong, Matt. It's easy. <laughs> pretty, easy. <laughs> pretty, pretty easy. Just go with it. Uh, yeah, super hard. And then I find myself asking, how do we, how do we, how do we have dialogue and debate and conversation about things that do tend to divide us and separate us in a way that we can, um, <laughs> how do we do that, you know, in a way that, that doesn't leave behind, like, self-emptying love for the person on the other side of the table. Mm. What, do you, what do you mean by leave behind self-emptying love? How, how, do we, how, do we, how do we engage one another in, in the things um, when, when it comes to issues of, um, of, of justice, um, be it social justice or justice for the earth or things, things mm -hmm. issues that can divide us within the church, mm -hmm. how do we have those conversations and how do we, uh, within, within the body of Christ mm. without um, and, and do it in a way where we, where we still, um, where we, where we love, um, yes. the other, yes. um, so that we, so that, so that love doesn't become secondary to, um, me telling you why you're wrong. Um, yeah. And yeah. how do we do that in, in, in a way that just doesn't assume that we are right all the time? 
which is which is uh, which I'm bringing that up because that's something that I wrestle with. I struggle with. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's yeah. Hard. It's hard. It is hard. Right. It is hard. I I think we're accustomed to thinking that the most important thing is to be right, and, or and or to convince somebody else that I'm right and you're wrong. Like that's you know that's that's paramount. The most important thing I could do here is make sure everybody knows what I think, you know, and provide clear justification for it. Yeah, and what I've discovered too is um, when, the, when the person on the other side of the table, when that is there, when I perceive that to be the way that they're coming at it, mm-hmm. that convince me why I'm wrong, then the, the easiest route for me to go is to, is to go, well, I don't agree with that. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so that it that you you allow you allow the antagonism or the argument that's coming at you to define basically to set the terms of your engagement. Yeah. And say, okay, I submit to I submit to this argument. Now let's fight. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. I I mean I I think those I think it, it is hard and those are those are. I mean the, the couple things that occur to me. Um, is uh, Jesus was a master at not doing this. Like the, the Pharisees tried to rope him into it, right? It's like, hey, you know, guy, a, guy, a guy had, you know, he had, what do we do with this woman, who, this, this fictional woman who had seven husbands and they all died? You know, like, what are we going to do with that? You know, or, or what are we going to do with this woman caught in adultery? You know, or what are we going to, you know, and they tried to like rope him into these things, these conversations. And I think we could learn a lot just looking at what Jesus does in each of those moments where he refuses to, you know, you said like you're sitting across the table. So I think there's something about what table got set, who set it, you know, who's inviting you to sit down at what table. It's almost like the Pharisees were saying, hey, Jesus, come sit at this table that we've set where these are the terms of our engagement. And Jesus said, nah, but I've got a different table if you want to, if you want to engage with, with me. My table's different. It, it works differently. And I, I think that's all, all of his questions were made to help people like go, oh, I could, I, I could, I have this option. Like I could go sit at Jesus' table, um, which theologically I think is connected to the other thing I was thinking about, which is I don't think there's any other way to have these conversations unless they are at the table of the Lord, right? The, the, and this is the importance of, uh, and the connection of the body of Christ to the Eucharist is like the, the Eucharist is the table that the Lord sets and what makes it possible for us as, uh, as Christians and as humans, basically, it makes it possible for us as humans to engage in the ways that we're talking about. Humility, unity, in diversity, and mutuality so that we can reach maturity. But, but I'm with you. It's hard. I've gotten sucked into too many arguments, partly because I'm kind of good at it. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like the better you are at arguing your point, uh, the worse off you are. Like, the more, the more you have to get saved. So. Yeah, I, I'm horrible at arguing my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> any, any other thoughts, reflections uh, on, on that, that Kairos? That just, man, this is so difficult. I mean, just a follow-up thought for me, 
is that um, I've learned to treat it as a kairos. Whenever I get triggered by somebody's beliefs or mm-hmm. position or posture, mm-hmm. I've learned to treat it as a kairos and I've learned to recognize that um, if ever I'm unable to love a person I disagree with, either there's fear or anxiety or irritation or contempt, you know, yeah. that uh, a couple things are happening. Uh, uh, well, one is I'm unable to love them. Two is I've over identified with something other than Jesus. Mm. I've, I've, I've attached myself to some construct or idea or thought or ideology or position that may be true. But if I'm unable to love, mm-hmm. it's the, uh, the true idea or the true concept or the true position isn't doing good work in my life. Yeah. So it's, it's ideology at work rather than grace and truth at work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's tricky because in that, in that sense, even a correct and true idea about Jesus can become an idol that prevents us from identifying with Jesus. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So my, you know, as a religious person, as a man of the cloth, if you will, my temptation is, is much more to have faith in my faith than it would be to have like faith in uh, the lottery. And so I take out all my money and spend a bunch of money on winning the lottery. Yeah. You know, like that's the temptation of the religious is always, um, I think what we see reflected in the people who strain out the gnat and swallow the camel. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, that's what I, that's what I see at work in me. Yeah. Yeah, and others may have faith in their feelings or faith in their, you know, perspective on politics and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, for, for most of us who grew up in the church, I think that's that's one of the primary temptations is is to is to over identify with the way that we've articulated our beliefs in that kind mm-hmm. of um yeah. So yeah, Matt, I hear you saying that one of the things that's been helpful for you is to treat it as a kairos, which in shorthand, what that means is when I have a feeling of agitation or contempt, like you said, like, I don't assume that there's something wrong with you and that's what's making me feel this way. I just get curious about why I feel this way. I assume that there's something in me that's going, oh, I wonder what's going on here. So there's something wrong with me if I feel contempt for you. Yeah. If I, if I, if I'm not full of the fruit of the spirit, Here's what I'm learning to know. Regardless if you're wrong and I'm right about this thing, I know something's wrong with me. Right. Because I'm not, I'm not living in love. I'm not abiding in the spirit. And so I'd rather take the log out than just hyper fixate on the spec. So th- this is a work of grace in my life. I'm not good at it. I'm just saying like, that's my conviction and that's my intention yeah. in these moments. Yeah. But I'm realizing I don't have an imagination for how to become the kind of church that Paul died for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, the things that divide us today, think about them all, whatever they are, 
they pale in comparison to Jew and Gentile division. Yeah. It, it's right? hard to overemphasize how big of a deal that was. So, so, and, and, and it's, I don't know, half the letters of the New Testament wouldn't have been written if that wasn't an issue. <laughs> like, it, was, it was almost the issue of the New Testament, really. Right. So, like, we don't, have, we don't have a need to have Scripture unless there's that issue to overcome. So, I guess I don't have an imagination for how to achieve unity in, in humility and diversity and mutuality other than starting with me. Mm. yep i don't know i don't i don't have enough and maybe you all have a better starting place but that's for me that's where i start actually all of us talked before you got on the call and all of our starting places is you as well so i think we're in unity yeah like if matt could get his act together we would be fine <laughs> yeah the problem is now now because i'm such the sanctifying agent in this group of people uh -huh. i'm feeling tons of humility <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing. That's great. More than I can handle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, good. Yeah, so it's got to it's got to start with us then, right? It can't be it can't start with uh oh, I know I know what we should do, church. Everybody let's be humble, right? It's no, I, I have to pay attention to my own kairos. Like next time next time I realize, oh, I I'm really uh agitated by, you know, this conversation I had with, uh, with, with, with Matt the other night or, or whatever, like I'm really agitated by this thing that we disagree about. If we can recognize, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm at least, I just need to kind of take the log out of my own eye and come to the table of Jesus in humility and say, there's, there might be a lot of things wrong, but I know one thing that's wrong is that I, I'm not filled with the fruit of the spirit right now. Um, I think that's good. That's probably the only place to start. And to do that around the table of Jesus, you know. In, incidentally, I mean, that's why, that's why we both confess our sins before we come to the table. Like part of that liturgical act is meant to say, like, don't, you know, don't just, you know, don't just come because you're hungry. You know, don't just come because this is what you do every week. Like, like really, you know, like, Pray through this. Like, is there is there sin that, that we need to sort of lay on the table? And it's also why we pass the peace before we come to the table every Sunday as well, because those were the two two of the things that Paul said to. I think he said them both to the Corinthians. The Corinthian church was like, "Hey, you like your meals are illegitimate because you're not you're not at peace with one another, uh, and because you are uh, sinning against the poor." You know. Basically, that, that's what the sin was about, was, was that the rich were coming early, eating the meal before the poor could get there because the poor couldn't get off work until later. Um, so that was the sin of the Corinthian church. Yeah. Good. What other, uh, what other questions or kairoses pop up for you guys as you think about this uh, sermon, this topic, being the body of Christ, Ephesians 4? Brian, it looks like you're talking, but you are muted, and therefore we cannot hear you. There you go. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so mine is related to Matt's. Uh, just kind of the beauty of the picture of our united, uh, being united together, united with Christ, and like when you uh -huh. talked about um, how 
when Christ suffers, or when we suffer, Christ suffers, and uh, just how close that connection is. It's always good for me to hear, coming from a, a background of God seemed distant, and, um, mm. and then um, I was working, I was actually, uh, while I was listening to it, I was kicking around some ideas of how to make like a candle advent uh, thing, and I was thinking of like a design of like um, a Celtic or Celtic cross with like Celtic knots and stuff. And the, the picture of that usually is like the Trinity and the church united all together, moved together in those, that imagery. Mm. It's all kind of connected together. Um, but um, I think for me too, um, like when I was in college, it was like the heyday of John Piper and uh, Desiring God. And oh yeah, there was this picture of um, God uh, you know, God can get glory for himself and he deserves it because he's powerful and sovereign. And, um, and it was a real uh, awakening for me when I discovered the Trinity and that it's not that God just deserves glory because he's powerful and sovereign, but, um, and he doesn't just get glory for himself in, in some weird way, but like, it comes from God loving God within the Trinity and like inviting people into that. And the Mm. picture of the Trinity was really transformational for me of how I view God, of how I view my relationship with God and the sense of being incorporated into that dance of love that's already ongoing with God. And then what that picture looks like for the church um, has been huge for me. And so that sense Mm. of, um, you know, having to be right and the sense of how we use power. And I see a lot of that coming back to that type of theology of, um, well, God is the sovereign, powerful thing. And instead seeing it in a more Trinitarian way of um, God is love and it's all connected through love. God is connected through love. We're connected with God through love. And um, that's, that's been transformational. And that picture, uh, even like the, you know, the Celtic knot type thing with the Trinity type thing, or even there's, there's versions where there's four kind of loops that are all together and it's like the Trinity and the church all kind of joined together in one piece. Um, that for me is always kind of inspiring and, and guiding when I try and think of uh, God and, and what we're, how we're connected with God and how like, it's hold, held together in love. So, um, so that just, as, as I was listening to it, that just kept coming to mind that, um, and, it's, and it's always good. Uh, it's, you know, it's still a work for me to, to, get to that place of thinking of how connected it all is yes. um, instead of how separate it all is. Um, so that's always <laughs> yeah. helpful. Yeah. Ryan, that's really well said. Um, uh, I think it, it, you know, it does, it does come back to uh, how we view God. Like, who, like if God is will, pure will, you know, if God is just pure power and by power, we mean like, he controls everything and he's able to, and that's awesome and great. If that's the greatest thing about God, you know, then, you know, probably the best way to represent him or be connected to him or, you know, be his agent on the earth is to be like that, you know, and, and to be right about things and make sure everybody knows. And, you know, like that's faithfulness, you know? So I, I, I see a lot of people who are operating out of that, like, I think they've got the best of intentions, to be honest. They're just operating out of this, you know, this paradigm of God as, as power. But if God is love, then it does, it does change tons. 
um, about what we're able to, like how we're connected uh, to that God. I appreciate it too what you said, like how you're still learning to see how connected everything is rather than how separate everything is. Um, and I, I, I see that in, uh, I mean, I see that in theology, in, in the ways that we're learning to articulate the doctrine of the Trinity um, and the doctrine of the church. This actually gets into some of, um, some of the kind of the, the, <laughs> the more mystical elements of uh, what I was talking about when it comes to like being the body of Christ. Um, that actually I think is getting easier. I, I think the, the modern world made this really difficult for people uh, because the enlightenment was about separateness. It was about, okay, we're all these individual things who occasionally when we choose to do so with predictable results, interact with each other, you know? And then when we choose to stop interacting with each other, we're, we're done interacting and we're not connected anymore until we choose to be. And then there's these predictable results, you know? And so it was like, we thought, we thought the, the universe, for example, was made up of building blocks. Like that was the kind of the picture of these cells that like you stack them together and they make a human body and you know, that kind of thing. But the interesting thing is like science is starting to show us that, oh, actually, like when you get down to that micro level, the, the molecular level, things are actually a lot more mysterious and strange when you get down there to, to the point that, uh, you know, scientists have said that matter like your human body, the desk, you know, that my computer's sitting on, all of it is actually 99.99% empty space. And that what appears solid to us is actually just the interactions of these tiny, tiny, tiny molecules, these tiny, not even molecules, but just quarks and these different particles that they're, that they're noticing. But most of what matter is, is those things in relationship to each other. So essentially matter is energy in relationship. That's what it is. And so there's this like, there, you know, even all the way down at the, at the atomic level, the molecular level, the quantum level, that what reality is, is this energy in relationship. And, you know, there's, there's all these mysterious connections that are being made. Like people are like, how, how are these two things connected? They don't seem to, these two quarks, you know, are, are connected in this quantum entanglement. We don't really know how that works. And so um, there's all this stuff, I think, that is making it easier for us to embrace some of the mystical, some of the more mystical theology about what it means to be the body of Christ. That, oh, maybe we actually are the body of Christ. Right, that maybe when maybe maybe we're we're that connected. That's not just a nice thing, a nice thought about Christian community, but actually Christian community through the Eucharist and through apostolic succession, like through these through these means, is at, well, like maybe we're actually these communities, the one church all across the world, gathered in these communities, is actually the body of Christ. That we're connected to Him in some sort of mysterious way. Anyway, I think it's, I got, I got excited about what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, because I think there's something there for us. I, I, think that we're, I think the church is, needs to and is learning to sort of reimagine our connection with each other. And my hunch is that will help us with the humility and the unity and the diversity and the mutuality. If we realize I'm not just, I'm not just this separate person who has a separate will and, you know, if it's convenient for me, I'll help Ryan out. No, I'm, I'm connected to Ryan. If Ryan's hurting, I'm hurting. If Ryan's in trouble, I'm in trouble. You know, like if I, if I felt that, 
right? It'd be easier for me to overlook the differences that Ryan and I have. And I'd say, oh, Ryan's part of the church. Like, if Ryan's having trouble, we're all having trouble. I think it'd be easier if we, if we kind of walked around with a, with a more, like you said, more of a sense of our connectedness than our separateness. Yeah, great, man. Great, great thoughts. Great kind of additional depth. I have a question, Ben. Yes. So how do you see us as a church living into this vision that you proclaimed on Sunday? What are some tangible ways Mm. that we make it a reality rather than just an aspirational ideal? Yeah. You know, like, um, was it, wasn't it Bonhoeffer who talked about the wish dream? Like, yeah, there's a German word that gets translated as wish dream. And basically Bonhoeffer's critique is if a lot of Christians idealize Christian community and in so doing, like it's a wish dream yep. and in so doing they kill it. Yep. Like it's, it's actually the thing that guts mm-hmm. the, the actual profundity of a Christian community. So I'm yes. just curious about how, how do we, what are some of the ways we live into that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, uh, that's a good question. Um, and some of you guys may have uh, ideas or like, uh, I mean, we, we may be doing some, I hope we are doing at least some of this, right? Um, already. But I, uh, I think about our practices. Um, we haven't talked a, a tremendous amount about these practices, but um, on our website, we list four practices, welcoming, listening, gospeling, and going. Um, and I think, you know, welcoming is essentially hospitality. We're opening space for others to be you know, for others to kind of be, be among us. Um, there's a, there's an aspect of mutual submission, um, to that. Um, listening, there's an aspect of like communal discernment. We're listening to God together, listening to one another, welcoming one another, receiving each other. So I see like, we used to do story nights once a month. Um, we're not doing those intentionally right now, but that, that, that I think is an aspect of it, right? Where we, we practice intentionally, listening to one another tell stories and we're, we're receiving each other's stories and receiving each other's life, that kind of thing. I think, uh, I think there's some great stuff that's happened um, at table groups, you know, when we gather around, gather around the table and able to, I mean, there, there's other stuff that happens at table groups that you might not describe as, you know, like unity and diversity and, you know, that kind of thing. But I think at their best, like there's this space that we're trying to open up to say, uh, let's be together. Let's share food with one another. Let's hear one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's honor one another. Um, let's listen to one another. I think, I mean, those are a couple, a couple things. I mean, our, our worship, you know, service is designed to, to do this as well, where we're, you know, gathered together. I'm uh, curious if the people in our church have an imagination for what that looks like, either personally for you mm-hmm. or corporately. As our, as our body, yeah. as Christ's body here. Yeah. Anything come to mind? Well, I think you just had, um, I wasn't there, but you just had a wonderful retreat. And um, that's building into the body. That's building community, going deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of even um, like the, 
the paraministry team, we just gathered uh, at Josie's um, for a meal and fellowship and prayer last yeah. week. Um, the, you know, the, the table groups, the DNA groups. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think things are really happening. Yeah. And then after church, sometimes people just say, hey, we're going to eat. You want to come? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people continue to get together uh, yeah. throughout the week. I hear about other people who say, yeah, we hung out. You know, we got together and, and on the on the group, me, you know, everybody's in the summer, especially it was like, hey, we're going to this park or we're going to that park or whatever. And, mm. and you know, we think, well, maybe that's just fellowship, but it's so much more than that um, mm -hmm. when it's intentionally building into the lives of each other and mm -hmm. um, caring about each other and coming alongside each other. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's great. You're the, you're the third person I've heard about that uh, gathering of the prayer ministers. Makes me want to, I, I wish I was there now. It's like, man, heaven came to earth. It was earth. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great, Nancy. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. You said like, uh, well, you know, maybe that's just fellowship. But actually that that word in the New Testament means a lot more than, like we think of fellowship as like, we had a nice time together, you know, but that word in the New Testament is actually much richer, much deeper. It actually means some of the stuff you're yeah. talking about. There's this deep participation mm -hmm. in one another uh, that, that fellowship indicates, that koinonia. So, so that's great. That's yeah. really, that's really uh, encouraging to hear. Mm -hmm. I agree. Any, anybody else? I think part of the difficulty is being able to extend that or invite other people into it because we tend to attract people who are like us and you know most churches do that yep. and it's difficult to find a way to step into a diversity in unity um, where we are actually finding ways to invite people who are different than us into it like you have to be intentional about making that happen otherwise it just doesn't um, yep. so I think that's something that's difficult. And I don't know that we've found a good practice of how to make that happen either. Um, but finding a way to uh, intentionally go beyond our usual comfort to go out of our way to connect with people who are different um, yes. is a challenge. Yes, that's so true, Ryan. Um, and that I attach that um, to our practice of going like that's, that for me is part of that practice is like moving toward the other, like in this intentional way as a servant, you know, coming in weakness. Um, and I, I agree. I think as a church, it's the one that we don't, we don't, we do the worst or we like, we do the least of that one. And I, I think that's been a struggle for us and, and uh, something we've wrestled with for a long time. Of how do we, how do we do that? It's, it's difficult. Can I rant for 40 seconds about that? Sure, I'm timing you. The going? Are you talking about the going? Yeah, yeah, talking about the going. So one of the reasons why I think we stink at it is because we have this deep intuition that uh, going as, uh, like, going as, with, as people with worldly power hasn't worked so well for the Christian church. Right. That we've exported American culture or Western culture or white culture or colony. We've colonized people. Mm -hmm. We've like run roughshod over other cultures. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's like this deep hesitancy to do that. Yep. 
and wanting to learn how to inhabit spaces as a, you know, to go, you know, to, to bust out my uh, Greek here, to go like canonically, to go self-emptying, to go as a servant, to go as one who receives from others, to go in mutuality, um, which is the way that uh, Christ came to us and the way that Christ sent out his people. Yeah. And the way that we see a lot of the mission in the book of Acts take place. I, I just feel like I have such a paltry imagination for that. It's just impoverished. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was taught how to get things done, how to leverage my strengths, how to use my resources, how to make things happen, how to, you know what I mean? Make a list and check it twice. Like, <laughs> right. just all this. Yeah. yeah. That was longer than 40 seconds, but that's... That's okay. I wasn't timing you. I, th- okay. I threatened to time you, but I never do. So, okay. <laughs> no, uh, no, man, I totally agree. I think that's, I mean, I, I share that. I don't know if you guys do as well, but I share that like, uh, like my, my, my initial impulse is, okay, we got these four practices. What are we doing? Oh gosh, going, we're not doing any going. How could we go? Right. You make a plan and you figure it out and make some phone calls. You organize an event. Hey, Saturday, we're all going to go. Come on, let's go. Right. Um, but then, you know, that lasts for about a second and I'm like, nah, we can't do that. But lack of imagination for how to do it. Anybody else, anybody else have any reflections on that or share that sense of like, how do, how do I do this? Yeah. Um, I definitely share that. Hmm. Thing, just like Matt was saying, um, in the church environments that I've been a part of and that I've been involved with over the years, um, yeah, if, you, yeah. If, if there's something that the church isn't doing, let's figure out a game plan. Let's get it done. Yeah. Um, and it's much more... Uh, it's been much more rare to actually be a part of a community that, that responds to that in a way that says, let's have a posture that, um, let's have a posture that uh, isn't about getting things done, but in, um, I don't know, that that that, chal- that challenges us to listen better to mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know what like I I get it that like we could there are ways that we all probably feel that we want to live into that more mm-hmm. but I also I don't know that I've ever been a part of a community that has been so intentional about um, about listening mm. to others, to one another. Um, like you, like you said, um, I think you mentioned on the website. Like, here's what our practices are, and I, you know, I've I've seen so many churches that right out front, they want to tell you, here's what we believe, right? And it's, it's that, here's, here's what we believe. And if 
and if you and if you agree with these things then you can be a part of this community mm -hmm. one of the things that i know that that attracted miranda and i to this community was that that wasn't like that didn't seem to be what what this community was about mm -hmm. but it was like here are the ways that we're trying to be formed together um into the image of christ and we do that through these practices and, and those practices are are things like listening mm -hmm. that doesn't <laughs> that's not like a checklist of here's how to get things done yeah yeah how many but people did you listen to today seven yeah yeah Killing it. yeah but i but it's been i i don't i can't speak for anyone else but i i think i can i think miranda would share this sentiment with me and i can only speak for myself but that but being a part of a community that that is doing that has been um transformational mm. over the past year yeah 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 i mean i think that's an important perspective joel because um i think even i remember having a conversation about some of this kind of thing with somebody one time i can't remember who it was um they had like a gentle rebuke even about my frustration about not knowing how to do this. Um, and it was almost like the, the, the rebuke was like, like even your frustration about this is a manifestation of like, in this context, it was like your, your whiteness. <laughs> like even your frustration about this is a manifestation of you have a, a, a goal out there, a thing you want to accomplish that you don't know how to accomplish in, in a good way. And that bothers you rather than just like may maybe it'll come to you later like be content with that <laughs> you know like the fact that it bothers you so much might be a manifestation of the fact that you you care too much about like checking the boxes like making something happen so i thought that was an interesting uh and again i can't remember what the context was but i just remember i just remember that realization of like oh like even the fact that i'm that i want this to happen so bad might be a manifestation of the fact that I'm used to being in power and things that I want to have happen, happen. Like maybe I just have to wait, <laughs> you know, like maybe I have to become formed through the other practices into a different kind of person. And maybe that'll take a few years before something opens up to me. Anyway. Good, Joel. Um, yeah, Nancy. I like, I like what Joel said about that, you know, this is a, co a community that listens well and mm. that, you know, teaches us how to listen. Mm. And, um, and I think, I think, you know, we can also learn to not only to listen well, but to see, to see what's going on around us well. Mm. And um, I say that because I think I agree that it's not so much that we need to find the, the, the mission or the task that we're supposed to be doing, but we need to have our eyes open to what God is already doing. Yes. And then step into that because that's what he's inviting us into. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not for us to look around and find what our mission is. Yep. It's to join the mission of God. Yes. That's already happening. And even what Ryan said is, you know, the Trinity is, the Trinity is already at work. The Trinity is already, it's the Missio Dei. They've already got, they've already got the thing going. We just need to join the dance. Mm -hmm. And, and so to, to have our eyes open and to say, Lord, what is it that you want us to do? Yes. And um, I mean, we've got this lovely diocese that we're under the, the mission for the sake of others. And that's what we're here for. 
Mm -hmm. And, and so to, 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 I think, I think the prayer would be, Lord, what is it you want us to be involved in with what you're already doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's good news. So to keep our eyes open and just say, yeah, what are you doing and what can we do along with, what can we join in on? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, There's a, there's a big contrast I'm hearing between that sort of open hearted, curious posture, right? And this like angsty, you know, like, ah, we got to figure it out, you know, and this open hearted, well, God's at work. He'll show us mm-hmm. like, let's, let's stay open. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Good word. Mm-hmm. Yes, Matt. Yeah. Here's what I know. Mm. Tuesday night classes go like 433% better when Mallory Ruark talks. Cause she's always it's, bringing, she always gets down to like what's really going on. Uh-huh. So we should have just listened to this 50 minutes yeah. ago. Yeah. We should have just not, not bothered. I'm, I'm in agreement. All in favor of Mallory talking. Okay. We're that's a quorum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious what you're thinking about Mallory. I want to hear from you. Um, yeah, I actually was, like hearing some of this kind of sparked some of the conversation that I had today with someone who's been attending the church and kind of like feeling it out. And like all of the things that we're talking about are like things that they notice Uh, just like in our interactions uh, and then like, you know, at the church with interactions with others and in DNA and time out. Can I, can I, can I jump in? I know I just like called you out and asked you to talk, but that's huge. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, right no and, the things that we care about and want to be about if outsiders come and notice that about us yeah that means we aren't just like talking to each other about things that maybe could be a good idea someday yeah, yeah. we don't just have a well-written website yeah that's encouraging. totally and i i feel like i don't know like hearing that today and then hearing like what we're talking about like i feel like i had started like take advantage of that a little bit like it just was normal but I forgot that it's not normal (laughs) and so like her bringing it up in conversation I was like oh my gosh like I didn't realize like how deeply this stuff had like set into my life and set into how like I am outside of the church even Mm. and so like being able to like listen and hear this stuff and then have someone else like bring it back into like where they're at and what they're learning. It was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I forgot this isn't normal. And I forgot how great it is (laughs) (laughs) because we've made it normal. You know what I mean? Like we're just doing it. We're doing it day by day instead of like this big, like, I don't know, like the mission statement isn't in front of us. We're not like, yeah, here's what we're doing. Like Mm -hmm. it's like slowly like getting into our bones and now yeah. that it's in our bones, like we forgot, like, oh my gosh, like this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's just like super encouraging to like hear it here, having someone else bring it up and like just have like another appreciation for it. Mm. That is, that is, that's deeply encouraging. Wow. Yeah. It's so good. And that, that's how, um, that's how culture works. Right. It's not like culture is just, you don't notice it most of the time. Um, right. Unless it's, you know, a, unless somebody comes in from the outside and they're like, Oh, this isn't, 
this isn't my culture yet. And here, here's what I notice about it, how it's different from mine. Um, and so that's, I mean, that, that's, that part of it is deeply encouraging for me uh, because that, I mean, that's ultimately how things change. It's how people change. It's how, you know, like any culture changes is like there's an actual change inside of a culture uh, and then that culture then can spread, you know, it, it can, it can become something. And culture is really a name for the way that we, we relate to each other. Right. So this, this gets back to the, the whole thing. Like how do we relate to each other? Culture isn't just what we have on the website. Uh, it's not just how individuals uh, morally behave all by themselves. It's how we one another, one another, you know, like how are we one anothering each other? Like, are we loving one another? Or are we, blaming one another um and so that's a, that's a deeply encouraging thing to hear totally and i think too like we were kind of talking about community but also the like you naming the like in community there's like a give and a give and a get i say give and give give, give and receive i think yeah. yeah yeah and uh just talking through with a friend today like it takes like so much of the burden off to be in that type of leadership and to grow in that type of community that you really can be a community. Yeah. Like we both came from a tradition where it was like the leader has to like have a little extra wisdom than everybody else they're leading. They have <laughs> right. to have a little extra something, something to bring to the table. Something, so, something. <laughs> a little extra something, something. And don't give it all out at first because then, then you can't be the leader because you got nothing else to give out. <laughs> Sounds like you're kind of an expert at this. Yeah, like so. little seedlings here and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so just like- Surprise them later. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's like talking through this sermon and like realizing like what an invitation to like be into like the call of God, like my yoke is easy and my burden is light yes. in leadership in this type of community. Yes. You don't have to have it all together all the time because there's a, a giving and a getting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Mallory, I'm so glad you talked. <laughs> I'm too. Mallory, I'm, I'm so glad, glad every time I'm you so talk. I'm really glad I called you out. <laughs> no. Uh, Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, so, so Ben Sternke said something the other, like a couple weeks ago about us co-pastoring. That dovetails with what you're saying. And, and we've described us co-pastoring in a lot of different ways. And usually it's been really um, theological and biblical and sort of like, I don't know. But uh, ben, in sort of a candid moment, just said, we co-pastor because each of us, at some point during the week, needs a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, and it's so true. Like, so what you just described about, like, how this is, okay, so this is blowing my mind right now. Like, part of pastoring a community is demonstrating and modeling what it means to receive. Yeah. And you're, you're so right, Mallory. You're so right. Yeah. And this is part of, I mean, this is part of the, the going thing that, you know, um, like Ryan Donahoe has talked, he's got tons of like missional energy. And uh, I warned him three years ago, moving to the suburbs, you're going to feel constipated here. And there's like, you know, missionally constipated. And like uh, going in a way that we can receive too. Yeah. Right from the people that we want to reach. 
so that it's not so that people aren't sort of like projects or uh, you know, make them like this. Like I'm not just in relationship with you so that I'll get like this story. But yeah. like I actually, I actually know how to love you. I actually love you. Yeah. And I, I'm, and I, uh, I'm just reflecting on what you just shared. I think I, I think I'm learning how to be that person as I receive as a pastor. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we were talking about like to not receive from someone else. Like it just starts like the degrees of separation. Yes, exactly. It's like every time that you like don't allow that, like you're further and further, like either put on a pedestal or just like this, like associated with the community. And so to like really be in it, to really be in each other's guts and bones and down in the trenches, like you have to like, have that aspect of it or else like it just can't be community it can't be full community mm-hmm. yeah 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 i think for me the discipline i'm learning the same things like how to receive um and i think i realized like it's much easier for me to receive if somebody else has anticipated a need and has taken the initiative to give something to me then i'm like oh thank you what's a lot harder for me is to share my need is to share my vulnerability, is to share, here's something I don't know what to do with. Uh, here's a situation that I'm really wrestling with. Here's, uh, you know, a need that I have that I don't know what to do about. Like, that's a lot harder for me. And I think that's what you're talking about, Mallory. Look, that's part of the giving and receiving is the, the, the thing that I get to bring to the table is both uh, my need and my gift. Like, I get to bring both, but Community ha- takes place when I bring both, not just one or the other. You know, anytime there's like a one-way street of, you know, giving and receiving, you know, the passages I think of are, are Jesus saying like, that, that's, the, that's the way of the Gentiles. That's, you know, lording it over them, but also they like to be called benefactors, which means I'm the one with all the resources and I dish them out. You know, I'm a benefactor. And so you're not to be like that. You're to, you're to give and receive. You know, and when, when Jesus sends out his disciples in Luke 10, right, he, he sends them, he goes, I don't want you to take any extra money, like leave your savings account at home. And whatever they serve you, if they, if they invite you in, like, great, that's not like a dinner party, that's your, that's your accommodation for the night. <laughs> you know, there's no hotels, like that you receive their hospitality, and then you eat what they give you, you eat what they put on the table, and then you share what you have, which is the kingdom of God has come among you. Is anybody sick? We can do some healing, you know, and thank you for the food and for the place to stay. There's like a mutuality to the mission. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really encouraging. Really encouraging. I'm learning to share my need. Um, Matt, I hear you saying the same thing. You're learning to receive. Um, if I can be so bold, Mallory, I think you're learning how to share your gift with us. Uh, Joel, you're learning how to share your gift with us. I'm just thinking about things I've actually heard you guys say. So I'm deeply appreciative of all y'all. So the the hope is then, Joel, sorry, Joel, go ahead. I I was just going to say one thing that Ben, that you mentioned on, on Sunday, um, 
was I don't know there 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 can be this uh, there can be this sense of I, I you know I can do uh, shut up Chewy I can do uh, a relationship with God, just me and God, or me and, mm-hmm. me and Jesus, and um, or just me and even just me and my family, and yeah. I, you know, and I and I have experienced that, and 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 what your the good news um, that you shared Sunday was that um, that I heard was that we we actually are better. Um, when we are in community, in the church, in, in, in the context of the church, the body of Christ. And that, and I, and I know for me personally, um, for a long time, I, I justified not needing to be a part of that because I didn't experience yeah. what we're talking about here. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it, it's, Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to share that and just affirm mm. what you were sharing on Sunday. And, and it's been such good news for me um, over the last year. Um, so awesome, man. That's Thank all. you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. It's good. That, that is part of the difficulty that we couldn't get into on Sunday, but like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do about that. Cause I, I can't, <laughs> Sounds funny to say, especially on something that's going to go out on the internet, but I can't in good conscience just tell you to go find a church, any church. You know what I mean? Like, I can't say that because of, because of those experiences. Like, like there's some churches that I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish my worst enemy on. Right. Um, but you know, I, I, I suppose they're part of the body of Christ, but I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, a, it's a difficult thing uh, to know how to, how to, to what, what to do with the rarity of this kind of, you know, culture out there. So, yeah, man, I'm, I appreciate you sharing that. All right, guys, it's 9.03. Anybody, anybody got a last word, last blessing, something like that? Mallory, you don't have anything else you want to say? It's going to blow us away. No, okay. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let you go. This has been fun. Um, FYI, I think we're going to do the class next week, even though the bishop is speaking. Uh, and so he won't be talking about beginnings and endings, but um, we could probably find something to talk about uh, before, we, uh, before we quit. Yeah, Matt. Let me just say one thing. I'm, my intention, it's on my, it's on my never-ending list of things to do, is to create a one-slash-two-page summary of creation, new creation, beginnings, and the things we've talked about here. And sort of take the last two weeks with like residual or remaining questions. That's a good idea. You know, because we've covered a lot of ground in the last three months. Yeah. So I think the next two weeks will be, here's a document that kind of summarizes where we've been and what we've said. What, you know, what stirs in you here? What sticks, what sticks for you here? And, and then let's just chat about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. That'll be a good uh, source of conversation fodder for table talk. Is that what you called it, Nancy, one time? She table did. Talk. This is great. Which Super also was great. like, wasn't table talk a magazine 
name? Well, it probably was a lot of things. Probably a TV I'm, show at one point. I would talk guess. Was, a, was a magazine. Anyway, we'll have two more of these classes and then we're taking a hiatus. Taking a break for Advent. All right, folks. Pleasure to be with you. Peace, friends.